But I remember hanging up the phone and feeling so guilty that I wasn't there, that I'm not there to lend, to lend comfort, you know, as her husband, or be there for my daughter who could be in danger. Hi, and welcome to Dad Anil. My name is Mike Trank, and as you can figure, I'm a dad. I feel that's how a lot of other podcasts start, and those dads will tell you what their day is like. They'll probably talk about what it's like being a dad today, too. But along with being a dad by day, I'm also a mental health counselor by night in my own private practice. As a clinician in private practice, and one of those dads sitting and pick up and drop off lines for school, I wanted to share what I see in this ever-changing world. So together, let's create the best version of being a millennial dad. Welcome back to Dead O'Neill. It's an old friend, but maybe new to some people. My friend Cesar Fernandez has joined me on today's episode. Um, we're going to discuss about Home Dad Con. I got the opportunity, as I was saying for the last few months, that I got to speak at Home Dad Con. And uh, I got to present about Dead O'Neill and kind of some of the things I talk about in the podcast, some of the things I talk about myself, to friends, to neighbors, if they want to listen. So wanted to review Home Dad Con today, review what I saw, and Caesar was awesome enough to come along, and uh, we went to Home Dad Con together. We went to go see my uh, presentation as well, so I appreciate that, Caesar. and uh, yeah, welcome back. How you been? Good, man. It was nice to uh, go up there. It was nice for you to invite me to join you over there. That was dope. It was interesting. It was interesting. I never thought I'd see something like so like open among among guys, you know what yeah. I'm saying? It was everything was like everybody seemed so honest and so nice. Um right from the jump. It was it was a really welcoming environment. I agree. Yeah. I mean, it was a good experience. Yeah, I think the first thing I guess if I just think in my mind of the psychology sense of what's the first thing that pops in your mind? And that dude do the truest and most honest thing to, to let out. And for me, this is the first thing I thought of was just a sense of calm. Like just, yeah. I think a combination, if I think about it for myself, of a weekend away. So I'm not with screaming kids or anything. I'm just uh, not with family. Um, it was kind of a flashback too of like going back to, it's almost what it felt like sometimes of being around Caesar who we used to live together 20, close to 25 years ago, now, somewhere in that range. <clears throat> it was almost that reset of like seeing it. I was an adult of like remembering because that was the first time we knew like stayed together in a room, I think. Mm -hmm. At least it felt like it. So, yeah, since college dorms. Yeah. So it was like that weird thing of like weird and cool in the sense of we got to spend time together. We got to catch up, which we got to do every now and then. But it was like yeah. that thing. We got to stay overnight. And it was almost like that thing of like, you get up like, all right, what do you want to do for breakfast? What should we do? It's <laughs> kind of that reflection, kind of like calm of like looking back now. I think, you know, we told yeah. some good stories and had some good times. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, meeting all the guys at home that down, meeting Keith, mm -hmm. Danny, who I did the podcast with, and Brock. Mm -hmm. uh, 
yeah, you could just tell the energy. You could tell like you're in a safe place. You're in a calm place. Yeah, just be you and like you no know, worrying about deadlines or times because there was the three days of things going on every every day from like eight o'clock in the morning with breakfast to like morning uh, presentations and then lunch in the afternoon. So it could go all day if you wanted it to be. I feel like they made it clear right away of like, hey, this is your weekend away. You want to go take a nap? Go take a nap. You want to go, you know, go get coffee or go walk around? Go walk around, pick and choose. You don't have to do everything that's not mandated by any stretch. You know, it's your it's your thing there. So that was that was that was probably the best part is that right from right from the get-go, they were very honest of this is a weekend for you dads to you know, treat yourself in a way like self-care was the theme. I think the first day, yep. uh, at least from the first presentation, and yep. they really promoted that. Of you, if you want to take a nap, get out of here. You don't have to go through any of the to any of the uh, breakout sessions that were you know specific to certain type of situations or issues that some guys were dealing with, or even like sewing was one of the presentations to learn how to sew. Yep, I saw that's saw the old Singer three thousand getting wheeled in there. After yeah, that. but I mean, like, right from like, right from jump, it was about they 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 really promoted the self care. You're here, you know, take advantage of it. You don't have to go through every presentation. Go take a walk, see the city, you know, have a few beers, whatever. If you're into that, um, right. some drinks, and which we did, we took advantage of it. You know what I mean? And it was it was nice. It was nice to relax. Yeah, I think in that calm aspect there, and then this is, you know, I think the conversation is dead and ill in the sense of realizing, understanding, and I think for you, even more so than me being honest, of like, I I know what I kind of put in my schedule with my wife and my family of like, all right, I'm taking this weekend, I'm going to go here, I'm going to go do something. I know talking to you, that's like, that's, that's something you really haven't done for yourself, right? You've done a lot of family stuff, you've done things as couples, but... What kind of solo stuff maybe you know this was an opportunity of all right it's a safe place i could just kind of like because it, it is different it's not how it was when we were in our 20s it wasn't you know how many beers could we drink before eight o'clock or <laughs> what was the best buffet it's you know it's different it's like we're out but like it's weird because we have families and and kids uh, younger kids we have older kids but still being part of their day-to-day life where even you would say like oh i'd be you know i'd be at the bus stop i'd be you know, dropping them off right now. So yeah. yeah so that that was interesting, like for me, because I don't I don't go out by myself very much at all. Um in terms of like taking a trip, getting on an airplane and going somewhere. Um right. and I did feel guilty about it not being around. Which you heard me say a lot while I was there. Um but the interesting part when I was at the airport in North Carolina I went to the airport. I go to the airport all the time. You know, we fly all over the place together as a family. You know, we go to Dominican Republic or go to Europe or whatever, New York. And it was the first time that I had been there without my wife in like 20 years. I had, and usually my wife is very, you know, she'll go, she knows exactly where she's going. So I'm just following her. She's, she's got her power walk on. Like she's not messing around. She's very efficient in that airport. So I'm just following like a little puppy. You know what I'm saying? So I walk into the airport, I park my car and the thing, I walk in and I'm almost lost. I'm like, holy crap, I haven't done this in so long. Well, gotta go read the signs, I guess, and just, you know, go through my TSA pre-check, 
which is the first time I've done that since I got it, which is very nice. And then just follow the signs to the gate, which is so simple, you know what I mean? But there was a moment where I was going back and realizing I haven't done this by myself in nearly two decades. Right. And that, that was initial, there was an initial sense of confusion, which it's, it sounds silly, but I, I just don't have to do it like that. I don't, it's like out of practice of just reading a simple sign at an airport, which departure gate you're going to be. And the gate had changed. It was one gate in the morning and it changed in the afternoon. So I look at my phone, I go to the old gate that was there in the morning. And then I was like, oh, that's right. I have to read the departure list and go, go to the correct gate to the flight. Yeah, like it's it's such a stupid thing, but that's a little thing of, of I have not taken a trip by myself in so in so long that um, it was a nice getaway and it was nice to remember what it was like to almost be independent. Right. Even taking a lift, that was the first time I had ever requested a lift on my phone or an Uber. First time in my life. You know, this been this thing's been around for like you know twelve years or whatever. Feels a level of independence again, right? Yeah, kind of yeah. I've never done that. My, my wife always has it on her phone. She's the one in charge of it. I'm always like, oh, let's walk. It doesn't matter. I'll just walk to wherever I need to go. But, and it's always her that does it. So this is the first time I downloaded it when you told me you weren't going to be able to pick me up at the airport. I downloaded it in Charlotte so that when I landed in Milwaukee, I had everything all set up. So, you know, which gave me something to do. But I was like, oh, this is fascinating. You know what I'm saying? This is like, I've never had this moment. You're discovering exactly what I think we saw a lot of at the conference. What you know, I think we both read separately and together in terms of hearing about guys and their loneliness and not having friends, not having you know just partnerships, just kind of things that they do is like that's theirs, like that's something special. Especially in this case where it's like dads at home, and a lot of them, including myself, this time has struggled with like that self-identity of, well, I'm a dad at home, but I feel like it should be more, like maybe something more, like what else, what other parts of me? And you even got a chance to now rediscover that part of you. In the psychology sense, I've been saying it for years and try to practice that too of, yeah, it's like all the pieces of that puzzle of or holding up that chair, right? When you have a family, if there's family time, there's couples time, and there's alone time, whether that's, you know, the daily gym or things you can maybe do alone. And there's also time of, you know, with friends to kind of keep keep that relationship going and like realizing that like, all right, that's not what it was 20 years ago, but it can still it has to be something because it's important to kind of just use that part of the brain every now and then. Yeah. You know, what it used to feel like in terms of like, oh, I can still go out and just have fun and relax and, and do things. And that, I don't know if you bring up or discuss it all of that Friday. Of that oh, good. no, yeah. Definitely. Okay. Yeah, the feeling of guilt, you know, where yeah. something, um, I'll let you get into it, but I was just going to say if where we get in Thursday night, things are good, and we're feeling calm, we're feeling relaxed. Yeah. And, you know, you're just kind of going through that, this feeling of guilt, and then something that can snap you back into reality is, so for you, Friday morning, you found out there was a, a lockdown due to what they thought was a weapon, but it ended up being a hoax, I guess. Yeah. So on 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 Thursday night, we just get we had just gotten there. Everybody was super friendly, very welcoming. It was my first time there. It was your first time there? You know, we had little uh, gift bags with T-shirts and beer stein, whatever you know, uh, pint glass, 
and a schedule of what was going to go down for the weekend, you know, here and there. Uh, and then we had dinner, which was good. And then, you know, people had beers and stuff after the fact. But Friday morning, we had, I think at first we had breakfast and then there was like an opening, an opening presentation. I think the gentleman's name was Danny. Yep. Probably the first one. And his focus was self-care. And one of the slides that he had was sometimes guilt sets in when you're trying to take care of yourself. And, you know, I, I was like, yeah, you know, that, that makes sense sometimes. But I've already been, you know, I've been a parent for what, 15 years. Um, and my kids are older than a lot of the other parents that were there, and a lot of the other dads. So I was like, yeah, yeah, whatever. I'm almost done with this shit. That's what I'm thinking. Like, it's almost over. So we leave that first presentation. It's about, a, you know, 45 minutes long to an hour. And I go to the gym to get a quick workout in. And my wife calls me telling me that, that there's a active shooter situation at my daughter's high school. And she's not doing well, obviously. You know, I'm on the treadmill, you know, trying to get my sweat on. And then uh, I let her know, hey, why don't you call this, that, and the other, call these people, because I can't help you from where I'm at. And so she goes ahead and, and calls uh, some friends of ours uh, just to kind of see what the status is. But I remember hanging up the phone and feeling so guilty that I wasn't there, that I'm not there to lend, to lend comfort, you know, as her husband or be there for my daughter who could be in danger with an active shooter situation at the high school. And there's panic going on, the car line, you know, there's cars, people, parents trying to pick up their kids and I'm not one of them. So I had to accept that, like that guilty feeling of, yeah, I'm going to this home dad con and I'm trying to take care of myself in a way, you know, hang out with my friend uh, for the weekend and, you know, have a new experience in a new city that I've never visited before. But that guilty, like feeling like I felt like that pressure on my shoulder, like, or like rain of guilt, just like soaking me for like a good, like two and a half hours after that. And I was, I was, t I told you about it, how I was feeling. I felt awful that I wasn't there with my family at the time. And granted, the whole situation was a hoax. Um, went off on, it was on the news. People were just messing around, but it was the whole area, the whole zip code was in a state of panic for like a good like hour and a half. Right. You know. No, it touches on a few things, not just the guilt, but just of that, you know, feeling of I can't be there. I can't, you know. What do I do? What you can't do anything. I feel like it's just, you know, hopelessness almost for a little yeah. bit there, hopelessness. And, you know, not that ever want a, a weekend away to ever have that come up, but you know, right. I think that, you know, working through that is an important kind of tool to have too. Of Yeah. I mean, for the dads, for people that are out there regularly, not just, you know, for their work or yeah. those things come up of how they probably feel too, that feeling of guilt or helplessness of I gotta be on the road and gotta right. make that sale or gotta do this to you know yeah. home. And that's I'm sure they have those feelings too. So it's important to to bring up because yeah, those are unfortunately everyday things coming up in America that family, mom and dads we unfortunately mm -hmm. are every now and then and that's pretty sad but yeah, yeah. just and i don't know if you remember like you know we grew up in connecticut 
Yeah. Um, the whole, I remember the, the, the Sandy Hook situation in, you know, whatever it was, elementary school. Yeah, elementary. Yeah. From where I grew up, that's like 25, 20, 25 minutes away from, from where I grew up. You know, and I remember looking at the kids' last names and see there's possibility that, I mean, know some parents that I went to school with, you know, that had to deal with that stuff, you know. But it could happen to anybody, anywhere, at any time. Now fast forward, so I'm glad that everything worked worked out, everything was okay, they were safe. Yeah. And yeah. I think that Friday, I think because of that, that after that information, we kind of took a walk and we got to explore around. Mm-hmm. Friday morning, we walked around, that's where we went to the uh, Fonzie statue. The, the bronze Fonz, that's what they call it. I, I did not know that, I wish I knew that. <laughs> I did my research, man. When going to Milwaukee, you gotta know what you're getting into. <laughs> Some weird stuff. You know, <laughs> you know, we went back for lunch and yeah. started talking and meeting with some people and you could just kind of tell even this early part of the part of the conference that, you know, everyone was very open and everyone just kind of wanted to talk. It wasn't that yeah. thing of standoffish or just like, I don't know who it was. Right. All right, we all have one thing in common here. We all are dads. We all yeah. are at home at least a couple hours a day more than usual or home all the time or you know different situations so yeah Yeah, i feel like people were at different tables and trying to meet different people too yeah so one one of the things i remember was again because of that morning and that call from my wife and and the active shooter situation um i did speak to the guy who presented that morning danny and i told him i said i was telling him what happened and uh, he was I was like, no, it was, I told him his presentation was very enlightening. Uh, the way that he mentioned the guilt and the self-care, you know, and, and how to get past that. And, you know, that that's a very normal reaction and everything. And I thanked him for that. I shook his hand. I said, thank you for that. It was, it was very informative. Um, but a lot of that was going on. Like, uh, I don't know, maybe a, like a younger me, like a very immature me would have called a lot of these guys soft. <laughs> you know what I mean? But as a, like now as a dad, like there was a lot of emotions that were coming out uh, from everyone, and it was it was like like you mentioned, like it was you were in a safe place there. You had people that shared your views in in a way. Um, yep. There was a lot of like just camaraderie that was developing, and some guys apparently had been there for you know years, and this is their one time a year during this convention where they see the, the guys, you know, one guy from California, we met one guy from Phoenix who really liked Milwaukee water. He was, he was talking big about the, the water quality in Milwaukee. I guess they don't have good wa- water quality in Phoenix or something. Um, <laughs> that was a good conversation for like 20 minutes. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, my guy from California talking to the guy from, uh, from Phoenix, one guy in St. Louis, another guy from Boston, one guy in Raleigh and they're all, they all hang out every once a year and they all meet up and just share their stories and just hang out together. And sometimes, sometimes a hug gets passed around, you know what I mean? Sometimes, sometimes you need that connection and it was nice. It was nice. It was, it was like I said, it was very welcoming. Yeah. And maybe even for yourself of obviously not being there that Friday brought a lot of emotions, but you were still in a safe place. You still had, me and the, you know just yeah. people around it and kind of showing you of, in the general sense too of well having that support right even if you were home and you were going through that that mm-hmm. you're decompressing after being dead if you were in you know 
trying to pick up your daughter and yeah. doing everything, trying to take care of everything, if you would need time to, to do something, and you probably never have done that before. So now maybe realizing too of, oh, that's kind of kind of good to have someone. Maybe maybe next time when I'm go through something serious, to reach out and you know, kind of puts it in your mind of normalizes yeah. it more. It brings it back to kind of learn and grow. And then to your point of the the soft, yeah, soft, <laughs> soft. Uh, yeah, that's kind of the learned behavior. And I think we talked about it in prior episodes of the cultural aspect of that too, right? Of, you know, you don't show emotions, you just you know, shake it off kind of thing. Yeah. Right. The masculinity comes out, it flex a little bit. Yeah, and that's, that's the easiest way to kind of push down those emotions and just not think about it, right? You just, that's what you're doing. You're not thinking about anything. You just, that's what I was taught. That's what I know. That's all I'm going to do. Easy and simple, right? So. When you start adding layers to that, uh, that submarine sandwich there, you know, it starts getting all complex or cold cuts on top, some lettuce. And those are all the emotions, man. It's not just two, two pieces of two pieces of white bread. Right? What was cool too is the diversity that we saw in that joint. There was people of all you know, races, ethnicities, um, ages, people that had babies, all the way to people that had people, uh, children that are in their 20s. One of the gentlemen I remember saying, he had like a 25 year old, like a 19 year old, like a 12 year old and a nine year old, like so spread out. Yeah, there was, uh, it was an array, like a variety. There was a wide array that was, that was good to see too, to kind of see if, common threads that you could kind of tell, right? No matter what part of the country, no matter, you know, what kind of dad you were, or, you know, race, creed, color kind of thing. If it didn't matter, that still kind of experience some of those similar things because of the whole that any piece here of, you know, as I was saying on Saturday during my presentation of, you know, that annual is what we're all experiencing in a sense, right? That's the reason I came up with what I did, you know, kind of going through that backstory again of, you know, just not having anywhere to go, not anyone that could understand. I think one of the things that was brought up was uh, when's the when's the women's stay-at-home moms conference? You know, if that yeah, one of the one of the guests at the hotel was asking, "Hey, what are those shirts that you guys are wearing?" So well, they call uh, when's when's home mom con or something like that. Right. <laughs> well, there's there's still those those things there that you'd think something as we seeing the demographics that you know more women are in boardrooms more women are in you know, higher level jobs that are the breadwinners of the family and due to right daycare costs and uh, health care and other things that are specific to america that you know, in our case my specific case if i can work nights and kind of work by myself and you know to other people like all right you just work full time and I think there's actually a great point about it. Uh, I was watching Bill Maher last week. So he was, they were talking specifically about the Barbie movie, and he was using the phrase um, "zombie lies," and he was using that term in terms of that in the movie that Barbie goes to the Mattel board and trying to fight against the twelve white men at the boardroom, and. You know, you're showing her like being a strong woman to stand up for what she believes in. That's 
that's great and that's been you know something i feel like i've heard my whole life like yeah you know trying to stand up trying to move forward trying to break the glass ceiling and then he showed of if you actually go online and you see what mattel's board member is and there's of the 10 of them four women uh, there's one male minority and there's you know five five white men mm-hmm. so it's not 12 not, you know, where it's getting closer, it's getting better. It's not yeah, yeah. exactly where it should be, but still of like that myth or that kind of zombie way of thinking of, you know, if she's trying to break the glass ceiling, but you know, it's it's being broken. It's we're working towards it. That's part, I think that's part of the message of the movie too. You know what I'm saying? We, we gotta I haven't seen the whole movie. Exactly. The movie's fantastic. If you have not seen the Barbie movie, I yeah. highly recommend it. We went as a family. Uh, my daughter has seen it three times, but we went all together. We all wore pink, you know, try to color coordinate. Uh, I think everybody in the movie theater, I think, wore pink. I look like a piece of bubble gum if I wear pink. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> but yeah, no, it was, it's a fan. I thought it was fantastic. Uh, I thought the message was really good. Uh, but yeah, I know they're exaggerating some things, but still, it was, it was excellent. It was an excellent movie. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, it wasn't, I mean, that was just kind of like a, Side note of that, but of that a way of thinking in that general sense there of putting this in the movie, kind of portraying that of you know, things are, are shifting. Like, yeah, the movie may have been great. Hopefully next time we uh, spend time together, maybe we'll watch it together, get some popcorn. <laughs> no, they, they talk big about the patriarchy, you know. And we talked about that too, I think, on uh, on Saturday. Um, mm-hmm. We had mentioned it. We think we were hanging out. Everybody was getting ready to watch some college football. Yep. Um, after one of the breakout sessions in the morning, and uh, we can talk about that that masculinity sometimes that that keeps us uh, quiet as as men. Um, that we don't want to share certain things to feel to appear weak in front of another man, and it's perpetuated not only like by men but also women that are also established that have also been established in this culture. You know, like that lady that said, "When is home, mom con?" You know. Maybe not realizing that there's a there's a mom group in every corner, in every zip code, at every Starbucks, in every suburb of the country. That, that's the, that's that zombie piece. So you're just repeating it. Even like when you were just saying earlier about you know being soft, being man, right? That's a zombie thing. That you just learn behavior, that kind of thing, and just come naturally comes out. And that kind of you know, I guess that bigger point and you know, you know how we portray things too. This is that leads down to breaking some of those zombie thoughts and you know still that adage of the dumb the dumb dad the dumb husband that's on the roof right. you know right. we're still in comedies what we still kind of see in a generality there's growth and progress yes and there's you know needs to still be more and there still needs to be growth and breaking some of these stigmas in all facets not just dads you know minorities and everyone too I think you know trying to find that ground of like you know all oppressed or not oppressed it's usually somewhere in the middle it's I think trying to grow and just try to spread that message message and call that out you know when even something small like that in a movie or in a show of you know not to go the total one direction there of like trying to get someone fired but not try to go the other direction either like, you know play into it it's just somewhere in the middle of like no we're moving forward and we need to be aware of where is progress and because of some of the things in America that this is the new normal of you know your partner can will and does 
make more and you know, able to have better health benefits or whatever works better. You know, I'll work second shift. You know, it's, it's how the new American family works. It's not been portrayed in how, you know, the CEOs and how it's all kind of looked in the past. It's shifting, it's changing, it's growing. I think we saw a lot of that by what we're talking about in the weekend there of men from different backgrounds, you know, different different races, creeds. And I think that was important. I think that helps. I think that does give a good perspective because we can kind of sit in our own little pockets of a cul-de-sac there and just kind of see what we see around us. So it's like, you know, taking it to the next level of like, all right, we're away from family. We're feeling that guilt. We're doing something to try to better ourselves. And we're also seeing people of, whether it's water from Phoenix compared to Milwaukee or... <laughs> That, that Saturday in terms of like the guys and the diversity we saw. There was LGBTQ support because I guess uh, children and I don't know if a couple of the dads were also um, had uh, relationships that go on that category. But um, that was big, which I was happy to see in terms of people, you know, being honest and open. That was nice. There was uh, dads that were, you know, getting ready for divorce. That was a that was a topic. Um, marital, you know, relationships. You know, the difficulties of having kids and scheduling intimacy and things like that. That's a big one. That, yeah, that's huge for <laughs> for you know parents with kids. And I always try to phrase it or kind of put it in people's minds when this topic comes up in the psychology therapy sessions of, you know, if the roles are reversed, right? This kind of goes back to that zombie piece of like, if that was the dad working and the mom was sitting there all day and, you know, like a Peg Bundy of anyhow. Uh, but just the, right, like, David, I feel like that question's been asked and been like, you know, that's where uh, Dr. Ruth and all the, you know, those people in the 80s that were that was the the, the lonely housewife and the, what what was going on then. Now, like, well, it's the same thing. It's just not the other side. Because right, if your partner is working all day and you're home with the kids, and you know, like, when do we have time for this? And you know, they come home and they're ready for that. Like, no, nope, I've had a long day. I've been putting the kids to bed and everything else, and you're just walking in here. So it's just you know, it's I think even just hearing that sometimes of like, oh yeah, it is. It's not reinventing the wheel it's trying to create a better mousetrap i don't know but <laughs> presenting dad anil caesar was there he was not a plant um, i will put the video on youtube when that comes out i will so you guys can watch about presentation I gave just about the basics of Daniel with some of those ideas and thoughts and things we talked about in the podcast things that I you know bring up and we'll be working on finishing up the book for it and but what I want to talk about was more of what are those thoughts and ideas to work through you day to day right whether it's box breathing whether it's meditation whether it's as I was pointing out to in my, one of my slides was I like doing still Wordle and Wordle. That's one of the things I put up there somehow because I 
studied maps so much in my childhood for some reason that I can just see an outline of a country and I can usually tell you within one or two guesses. I think I put up like New Zealand and just randomly saw it and like, oh, that's New Zealand on the first guess. Yeah. Having those little quirks, having those things that are just genuinely yours, right? And just the day things that we like to do that in a sense, you know, if you, if you had your Apple Watch or whatever you have on to measure your heart rate, you'll see it kind of go down. You'll see it in more relaxed state because it's something that you do every day. So it's a routine, it's built in, it's something that you know you're going to do. So it's a, you know, level of just you know, calming dopamine. Right. And uh, just knowing all those things can help you. And yeah, I enjoyed giving the, the dead annual little lecture there that went the full hour. There were some great questions and answers after it there. A lot of good questions from some of the things that we're talking about there right now. You know, how do we find support? You know, where do we go? Um, you know, I, I felt privileged too being a licensed counselor where obviously I wasn't giving sessions out, but just if sometimes I even forget that you just don't know, right? You don't know what questions to even ask. So just having that place where you don't have to feel or like making a phone call and Asking of, hey, I have this problem. Is this something a therapist do? Or where do I go to look for a therapist is one I got? But being able to kind of discern some of the information that I know just of places to go to for therapists, kinds of therapy, because I got questions too. Of like, I've heard this kind of therapy. What is that? Right. Here's where you can go to read about that kind of therapy so you know, have a better inclination. And here's the, the facts of it, right? Going to look at my websites to find out more information. So. No, you being there was was huge. I think um, the fact that they invited you over there that was fantastic. I think you were the you were the only licensed counselor, I believe, weren't you? You're the only one that like that does it for a living. Mm-hmm. And that was a lot of you. You provided a lot of good information, a lot of good insight from your uh, presentation. And I'm gonna tell you something. The one thing that I remember from your presentation, somebody asked a question, and. Yeah. The way that they asked it, I, I don't exactly remember the, the, the verbiage they used, but you responded. You said, from your question, I heard a couple of things. One of the things that stuck out to me was how the person that was asking the question, he in some way invalidated his own feelings when compared to his wife's feelings about a certain situation. Yep. And you, you gave him a great response about the equality of the feelings. I don't know if you want to go into that. Do you remember? I'm trying to go back to the, the general question, I think was more about the giving of like, I give and give and give. Like that was that kind of feeling of the sense of, and you just, that sense of that she either felt or that it should be like more and, and he was just trying to figure out how he could you know, offer more, give more, help out more, I think was the general idea of what was going on. And yeah, just hearing that thought process of I'm not hearing him, right? It's kind of taking listening, the listening skills there of, yeah, I'm hearing about her, I'm hearing about the family, I'm hearing that you're trying to do everything for everyone, but leaving yourself empty, like leaving yourself with nothing left in the tank. And yeah, I mean, if you remember exactly what I said, but I think I was just kind of was using that kind of ideology of take that second for yourself to you know, 
ask yourself, like, what do you need to get by? What do you need to take care of yourself? Right. And that was that was huge too. Like the way that I think the way that that I heard it was more like his. I guess your response was about the equality of his feelings as it as it compares to somebody else. That it didn't matter who the other person is or what they were going through, but your feelings yourself are your own, and. You know, and you have a right to feel those feelings, no matter how high or low they may be. Like that doesn't make any other buddy else, anybody else's feelings more valuable than yours. Something like that. But yeah. it was, it was, it was good. It was good, and that, that, and that stuck with me. The reason that I feel like I tried not to go into like the, it's this tricky thing of once you're a therapist, and therapists can probably attest to this, as I've talked to many, that your mind never stops being in that modality because when you practice it it's just like that's that's how you live your life in your mind at least it's like almost like the mind's like a six-pack but the rest of me is just you know this <laughs> so like it's like the thing that like you know so it's always the, like you're always thinking constantly of listening and kind of hearing and just and then that kind of setting too of that is something i have heard a lot throughout the years from working with men from young to old. Uh, I think that, you know, going back to that learned behavior zombie kind of mentality of like, this is what I know of, like, I'm just supposed to do all of this and my feelings, that would make me soft. That would make me, you, you know, you only know what you know if you don't know how to tap into that feeling or even just have that thought in your mind of, oh yeah, right, my feelings matter too. Maybe said that and heard that as a kid, but then somewhere evaporated through late teens into your twenties of well, now I'm in the real world, I guess my feelings don't matter anymore. I'm a guy. I guess you know, it's just my friends don't really matter. I'm a guy, you know, I go to college, I get a girlfriend or get my partner, and then I, you know, get a good job and that that's a whole kind of thing of I really think our age range I say generation. But the age range, I think, is this is, I feel like if you look before us, even a few years, you'll see that that mentality modality still kind of holds true, right? I think that that's the tougher ones, if it's like late 60s, early 70s, of there's still more of that prior generation because they, they had those opportunities, I feel like still in those 80s and early 90s of the job, 20 years, there's still some of that in there. It's been it's, we were the first ones that I feel like after college, and I know I was, and I feel like you were there too, of kind of going from job to job, just trying to figure out, like, well, this one isn't right. That one place isn't right. The 20s were hard. Yeah. I think what I see from our my personal view and also from what I see of the therapy world, of I feel like we were the first kind of age range to kind of call BS, of like, wait a minute, well, I have the college degree. Why am I still not making, why am I still like in this job I could do without a college degree? Why am I pushing paperwork? Why am I, and it really just kind of, that was one of my first, let's say quarter life crisis, but just those big things of like, wait a minute. So this is all BS. Everything I was taught, everything I was learned. <laughs> I, I think this ties into it too, like the whole thing with the, the Barbie piece too, like being honest with myself and being honest and, you know, and this broadcast and that any is 
part of this is being honest to yourself is that was the first time I took that hard look of like stop that zombie behavior of like wait a minute it isn't just all white dudes in a boardroom anymore this is like competition from everyone I have just me so if I'm not the best I'm not the most qualified I'm not just getting a job just cause I'm not you know this is this, you're not just because of your college degree just because you're this just because you're that there's a lot you know there was always a little recession too that went throughout but yeah it made me I think it made a few too, and it made a few of us that we know kind of scramble, but also just kind of start understanding ourselves, understanding the new culture, the new world that we're in. Of all right, we die, we have to change, we have to kind of do things different. You, know, you, you still had the good old boys, you know what I'm saying? You had the guys that, you know, legacy, that still happens. So you always have a job, even if you're out. For most of us, that's absolutely like that's absolutely right. Like you get all the ideas in your head, and that's just not reality. The biggest phrase I feel like I stick with is that I learned that the middle class isn't given because you have a college degree. You still have to earn that middle class. Oh yeah, you do. Like that whole lie, pretty much to this day, and that's why right, I think we've learned too. Of I'm not pushing my kids to go to college. I'm not. Right, they're not that you. Specific things do need that. Like, you know, my wife is an accountant. I want to know, to know what she's doing. So that's one, you know. So, but it was always that zombie thought of you, you're going to get you to college because that guarantees you middle class life. That guarantees you at least yeah. one car, maybe two, and you know, at least a small house. But no, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. Does it give you anything besides still working at a bar or still working at sports yeah. authority? Gateway country for me, that's how old I am. I was working at the Gateway retail store, something I was doing pre pre uh, graduation. So, yeah. And I think, kind of going back to the, the dad con, too, I feel like a lot of people, because if Dad Daniel gives that thing to many people, and I've seen the responses and emails, and I've heard it personally and, and live and in living color, of, well, it's just all millennials. I'm like, no, it's. Being a dad in this new millennial, however you want to say it, everyone want to phrase it, it just kind of rolls off my tongue and it annoys people. So that makes me happy for some odd reason. Well, yeah, is it dad in denial or daddy meal? Or, yeah. I even heard that too of in, in dad con too, when I was giving my presentation. And I was like, no, I just have to think about it. And that's maybe subconsciously even of why I create it and make it how it is and how it sounds is to make you stop and think more of what is this? Mm -hmm. I'm like, well, yeah, we are in a different world. Right? It makes you stop, look and think, and kind of see if, well, I'm not a millennial, so it can make you, you know, make you feel mad, it can make you feel like I'm not this person, like it's just someone else who doesn't get me, doesn't yeah. support. But if you stop and you look and you listen, you, know, you can kind of see it like, wait a minute, so we're all dads and I got that kind of, yeah. Uh, the general kind of, kind of question, but I think it made everyone kind of stop like, oh yeah, we are all the same. We're all on this boat together. We all have kids. It doesn't matter if you're born at 72, 82, 92. Right. Or two, geez, or two, yeah. So it's, yeah, that's awesome. Oh, jeez. <laughs> We're old. One of the things at least ran through my mind, maybe I didn't get it out during my speech, you know, I wanted to say if everyone there is already at a heightened level of awareness, everyone there is already one step above a lot, you know, your average stay-at-home dad, your average dad, yeah, is aware enough to know of, I need that support, I need to go here once a year, 
Yeah. I need. To, I want to better myself. I want to go listen to some other people talk. I want to hear other people's voices and ideas. I don't want to be stuck in my own cul-de-sac mindset. I want to I want to hear more of other people. I want to learn. I want to meet new people. I want to hopefully hear new breakouts and learn sewing. Yeah. Whatever the case is, you know, it's and that awareness level because I that's always the the golden thread, kind of the crossroads in, in every aspect of therapy that I that I do is the more aware that you are, the more that you're able to not need me, which is against therapy code, so to speak. <laughs> no, but that's the point, right? <laughs> right, you're supposed to kind of be on your own. Like, like I've had plenty of sessions that they're kind of talking it out as we go. Yeah. And you're aware, you're understanding that you can see, understand the words, understand you know, the intricacy of like what's going on and how to work out of it, how to manage it, how to you know, you have the showing yourself you have the tools and they have the tools, right? It's like going there, but knowing that they're aware enough and they're open enough that they're not soft, that they're, yeah. that they all probably thought that way at one point and to learn and to grow and to want to fight that uphill climb and try to earn it, whether it's been a life, whether it's finding that piece of the puzzle for yourself of it's healthy and it's good and it even probably showed you and probably helped you too of you now went through an experience without being there and that's almost in a way it can reduce your own anxiety of like i know how to handle it now if i'm not here for the reason i have tools now i've been through it okay i can get through this again now i can remember what we did i can reach out to mike i can do box i can do other things that because yeah there's going to be times in life where you're not always going to be there for whatever reason you need support and hopefully an experience like that for you and hopefully the weekend for all of us was a good just a good vibe i mean yeah benihana to the foundry <laughs> style to we had a great, great steak there we yeah to, to marrow i don't think Maybe I only had marrow once, but yeah, that was quite delicious. Oh, the bone marrow was fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. You and I you and I did indulge on Saturday, which is which is my cheat meal day. <laughs> so I made sure that I did it right. Foie gras and a nice eighteen ounce ribeye steak. Mm-hmm. A lot of food. It was delicious. Well, I mean, well you didn't really drink that beer. I mean we had to like for a brewery, which was a great tour. They give you a nice. Uh, that was nice very point. interesting too. Like that, that that brewery, the 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 tour guide was great. At that, what is it, Lakefront Brewery? Mm-hmm. We had a section there dedicated to you know we saw the bronze fonts, you know, yeah, Fonzarelli there in statue. Um, but then they had the Laverne and Shirley section in the brewery. Of course. And uh, that was cool because I remember watching the show like on reruns and stuff with my mom when when I was little. My mom used to like that show. Yep. Uh, and you had people there reciting like the the lyrics to the opening song, um, and then they made up. Then they had the lyrics there. We all recited it because uh, they yeah. had a brewery, and I guess there's a glove at the end of the opening credits or something like that, where they're waving at beer bottles and something. But it was cool. Like, it was a good experience. Like I would never go to Milwaukee for any other reason, really, like for for nothing. <laughs> You can go to a Bucks game if that was going on. Now they got. Oh, know. that's true, Dame Lillard. I'm, I'm, I'm always a fan of him. But the sausage, the beer, the Bucks. I guess I, I guess I got a reason to go back. 
what's the next home dad con next year? You know where that is? So next year it will be in St. Louis. I think the dates are the 17th through the 19th. And it got changed a week later. Um, I already want to thank Keith and Danny and Brock and the whole board and the president uh, for inviting me again. And uh, I already got some emails from some of them uh, me and telling me, you know, that got positive feedback and about going for next year and, you know, if I want to add to it or things like that. So, yeah, I'll have to reply and uh, hopefully I'll be able to, you know, be there again and uh, listen and grow and, you know, throughout this journey of that annual and family and everything we've kind of been through in life, I think it's good to kind of feel that calm for a weekend overall and feel that sense of trying to work on myself, trying to grow, trying to meet new people, trying to learn how to deal with situations differently, right? Because we can always improve some of our, our coping skills. No doubt. Well, yeah. I mean, I've got about 10 books on them, but hey, it's always at 11th or 12th to the, the shelf. You know, it's, it's different too when you're hearing somebody's story as opposed to reading some kind of book or listening to a YouTube video. And, yeah, I mean, there, was, there were tears falling sometimes in some of these meetings and some of these, you know, conversations and some of these tables that people were in. Like, again, like the barriers were broken down and it was, it was, it was comforting, you know, in a sense. Yeah. It's, it's an odd feeling being human. Right? Really what it is like stripped to the bone human. Uh, these are, these are what I'm experiencing. These are the highs and lows and everything in between that is my day to day and yeah I, I know from experience that that is very very tough and I know I felt it in 2017 with my first son I know that mm-hmm. some days I struggle with it now <laughs> the one thing I wasn't able to bring but I did take a picture I put it on one slide and as I said it'll be up on Dead Anil on the YouTube page and it'll be on deadanil.com too next week is uh I saw this a while ago, but for some reason I couldn't find another copy till just the day before, of course, of that of that con. And that was this poster I have in both my kids' room. It says "Be Present," and it's a B, and then just a box of a present. And my kids like it because just to them, it's like just a funny thing of like seeing a B in a present. And my oldest can read now, so now he, now he's like, "What is present?" I'm like, "What's what?" I would always tell you. And he's like, "Oh yeah, we listen to songs at lunch." I'm like, "Yep, that was." how daddy would calm down. That's how daddy just kind of slows his mind down. <clears throat> or like, oh, when we do breathing, we do like monster meditation. Like, yep, that's being present. So those, that thing I put up there, like we need those kind of cues to just kind of help us sometimes. That's, you know, sometimes I don't even need to think. We just put something there that reminds, teaches our kids, but also reminds me too when I'm in their room of, this is the one day that they're going to be this age and yeah. old. Be aware, be present. Take a mental photo. Yep. That's what oh, on to the next millennial. Yep. No, you came you came correct, man. You came correct. You uh like I said, I think you were the only the only ther- licensed therapist there. You know, and they'd be lucky to have you, you know, come back. because um, I know that you you gave a lot of good insight to a lot of people that, you know, I know you I mean you can't do that whole one on one thing, obviously. That that's not the setting for that. But you do give them some avenues to explore in terms of, you know, yeah, finding the help that they need at some, some points. Just asking the questions. I think a lot of us 
And that was one thing I wanted to incorporate in the, in the podcast of that idea at some point. And I think I need to kind of work on how to phrase it or something, but of like, ask a therapist is what I have in my mind of like, what's something on your mind? What's something that you've heard? Or what's something before you talk to a therapist that was like that thing of, I wish I asked, I wish I knew before, or like, why didn't I ask before? Like, why didn't I know this before? Like, right? Things that like, either too embarrassed or shy or just not sure of like, you know, being soft or being like, you know, whatever it is and in your mind that kind of blocks you, but having that place where you can just ask that question. And that's what, you know, for this too, of trying to hear some of those questions so I can say I'm on the podcast and I can try to help answer and kind of go along so people can get those answers. Yeah, that's one one facet of doing this, one reason of even the things I didn't even know, even as a therapist and knowing, you know, like guys, I actually think I remember part of the question was kind of like, one of the questions I feel like one thing I heard was about, you know, postpartum and about guys postpartum. Oh yeah, postpartum. Yeah, and that was something that, you know, it's different, right? It's not the same as... Yeah, we don't go through the physical chemical change that the women goes through the whole birthing process, but it's some, it is different. It's different, but it's real and it's depressive and it hurts just the same. It's, you know, it's debilitating and, you know, just that awareness and just knowing if I need help, just knowing if, you know, something's not right and asking those questions and getting the help and support can go a long way. But you remember like, like the mentality of, you know, you're there, you're there all day long with taking care of a kid while your partner's at work or whatever. And you're just fiending for some adult conversation. Just somebody say something that's not baby gibberish to me today. You know what I mean? It, like waiting for your partner to come home just so you can ask how their day was, no matter how boring that is. But at least it's not a gibberish speaking baby. <laughs> you know? I hear you. Yeah. No, when they're still few and far between, like you're probably the first conversation I've had with an adult that wasn't either a client or my wife in a week. Yeah. Last Sunday was the last time I talked to someone I'm going out golfing. So yeah, I mean, just realizing and understanding that, like, oh yeah, it's been six days and stuff. <laughs> like, now I had to put on one of the hats of either dad, husband, you know, therapist, just just talking to someone, you know. Yeah. On that note, hopefully tonight, hearing some of this has kind of helped you seek the support, ask the questions. That's why Dada Daniel, D-A-D-E-N-N-I-A-L. You can go to the website. There's a spot there. You can send in for comments, questions, um, ideas for the show. And you know, that's a place too where I'm going to continue as time allows to put kind of coping skills, things that we can do. And hopefully places that I'll be speaking to. And if you're someone listening, obviously you can reach out of places you know that you feel like that any will be a good place to spread the word so to speak all right thank you very much Caesar. i appreciate your time coming on yeah i'm sure you'll be again soon yeah thank you